Welcome back, Creatures of the Night, to episode 15 of the Collecting Dead Man podcast. I am your host, Stephen Zeman, and I want to welcome you back on this crazy journey through Death Valley, where we will be talking Undertaker moments, matches, and more, especially merchandise, as we're trying to find every Undertaker figure ever made. And believe me, my friends, that is a fun journey to be on. Um... Just finding all the different things that were made, especially uh, in the 90s and early 2000s. I'm, as I'm going through my checklist and compiling all the things that are missing on that, just finding things that were uh, like exclusive to catalogs or made in different countries and different variants, especially just toys bendums. Um... It is a challenge at times to accumulate um, everything I need on one big checklist because you're finding new things every day. And that's the fun of it. That's the fun of this collecting hobby. It's fun to find things you didn't know existed. It's fun to stumble across things when you're searching eBay and Macari. And it's just fun to have things um, come to your attention especially uh, from friends in the collecting world. So um, as we get started on today's episode, I want to let all of my listeners know that on my YouTube channel, I have uploaded two new watch-alongs, one with Talking Taker's Alex Dorio, where we uh, watch uh, In Your House, Buried Alive, 1996, Undertaker vs. Mankind, um, it's a match I have not watched in a while, and with, uh, with Alex, we got into talking all about Undertaker's 1996 run, uh, his feud with Mankind, and also the action figure box set that was uh, created from this match, and the action figures that um, came afterwards as well. Um, please give that a watch, give that a listen. It's always great to talk to Alex from Talking Taker, um, and I enjoy having him on the show. I enjoy uh, doing these watch-alongs. I'm sure I'll do another one in the future with him, and I just hope all my listeners enjoy that. I also did one with uh, Keegan Dimitrovic at KeeganRW on Twitter. Um, As some of you may have heard my interview with him from last week, Um, That is also available on YouTube. Um, We got together via Zoom again to uh, do a little watch-along of SummerSlam 2008, Hell in the Cell, Undertaker vs. Edge. And that, uh, as we got into talking about Undertaker and Edge's rivalry and the whole 2007-2008 era of Undertaker, it is is a Hell in the Cell that... um, is definitely, uh, I would say, underrated that it's not talked about as much as The Undertaker Mankind, Undertaker Triple H, uh, as uh, ones like that, because um, I don't know why it's so underrated. It is a wonderful match. Uh, It is a a wonderful uh, period to a feud spanned over a year and a half. It's just everything you think a Hell in a Cell match should be the Undertaker Edge at SummerSlam 08 is. Um, They do a ton of callbacks to the previous Hell in a Cell matches. 
and it's just a great way to put the feud behind them. Uh, just like the, as I talked about last week, the Undertaker Mankind one was. Uh, happening at King of the Ring, you know, two years to the day of the first encounter, it was a perfect way to settle that feud. And um, I hope you guys give both of those videos a watch. And if you would like rather listen to them, they are on uh, wherever you get the pod- wherever you listen to this podcast, they're available there as well. Um, I hope to do one this week with Randy Turco. Um, you may remember him from a previous interview. Uh, hope to uh, watch Fully Loaded 1998 with him and talk about Undertaker's first uh, run as tag team champion with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, I talked about that match maybe about a month ago, um, and that's just a great match as well. The um, the four talents in that match, you have Austin, Undertaker, Mankind, and Kane. Just everything about that match I love, and uh, hope to get together with Randy and watch that one and talk about you know, like the figure history during that time with the Jacks BCAs and uh, everything else that was happening during that time. Uh, he would remember it more than I would, but it's definitely a match worth reviewing and definitely a pivotal time period for the company. And the merchandise I know was being pumped out like crazy. And I, I didn't get into the merchandise until like a year later, around 99. And so I'm interested in hearing with what Randy has to say with the merchandise around that time period because with foam fingers and shirts and hats and figures, uh, it'd be interesting to hear about, you know, like if he was collecting at that time or not. But look for that one. I hope to get that recorded in the next couple days. So maybe this weekend it should be uh, dropping on YouTube and wherever you are listening to this podcast. I also have a... uh, my weekly toy hunt was uploaded on YouTube yesterday and also uh, I have another toy hunt that I recorded uh, a couple days ago at the Forgotten Toy Box here in Jacksonville, Florida. If you are in the Jacksonville area, I highly recommend you checking out that store. There is something for everybody there. Um, They have a nice wrestling section, they have a nice Star Wars section. And hopefully that you will check out that store. I will have that YouTube video up in the next couple days. And um, just keep checking my YouTube. I'm going to have a ton more content there. I hope to uh, film uh, going through my nine tubs of Undertaker figures and merchandise soon. So uh, hopefully I can get that uh, recorded and uploaded maybe within the next week or two. But uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. There's a ton of content coming your way. I uh, hope to do a lot more watch-alongs. Uh, and if anybody listening is uh, interested in doing a watch-along with me to be on the show, uh, just send me a message on Twitter at CollectUpDead or on Instagram at CollectingDeadMan. I would love to have any fellow creatures of the night that would like to watch a classic Undertaker match Uh, talk about like the history at that time any action figure stuff Uh, anybody's interested in it I'm always I uh, will try to make myself available uh, so we can uh, just enjoy a nice Undertaker match and talk about all the things surrounding uh, Undertaker at that time Uh, but that is it for like the little promotion part of the episode Um, 
follow me wherever you get this podcast leave a five star review subscribe to the youtube channel subscribe to the podcast i hope you guys are enjoying uh what i am putting out there every week um and i hope that you will continue to listen continue to subscribe and continue to support the uh podcast and the channel but now we go to tales from the grave Now, of course, in Tales from the Grave, that's where we talk about my favorite Undertaker memory, figure hunting memories, and any Undertaker or figure news that may have popped up in the last week or so. Now, this week, I would like to be uh, discussing my Undertaker memory of when Edge cashed in the money in the bank on Undertaker after being attacked by Mark Henry and going through a steel cage match with Batista on the May 8th, 2007 episode of SmackDown. Now the reason why I chose this memory is for a couple of reasons. One is it is money in the bank season. Uh, If anybody watches uh, the current product, they have the money in the bank qualifying matches happening this week. Um, But I know Edge is the most famous money in the bank winner. He was the first one. He is the one that's always remembered for cashing it in in the most opportunistic ways. And uh, the second reason why I decided to discuss this is um, my watch along with uh, Keegan I did the other day. We talked about the feud with Edge and how that really helped cement Edge as a main event player uh, in the WWE. You know, he was just getting off uh, a couple um, matches with John Cena, Mick Foley, uh, he was doing the rated RKO, so it was like um, he was just finding his main event status. But once he got into the feuds with Undertaker and Batista during this time, um, you know, Rocket was just strapped to the back of Edge, and that's what made him the most hated heel he is today. The you know a legend in the business. Um, I remember watching this vividly back in 2007 I remember watching the Batista steel cage match and then Undertaker being attacked by Mark Henry I thought the Mark Henry stuff was over a year prior after Wrestlemania but you know of course not Uh, I just remember then I saw Edge coming down with the briefcase and I remember being so mad I remember like I think I swore I, I just hated it. I hated everything about that moment. I hated everything about Edge. You know, I hated nobody more than Edge at that moment. I hated that he took the opportunity to cash in on The Undertaker, that Undertaker now lost the title. Uh, I remember Undertaker being carried out by the Druids after that. Um, and of course, Undertaker would then take time off until he returned at Unforgiven. Uh, later that year to face Mark Henry Um, and then he would set his sights back on the world heavyweight title which was then uh, in Batista's grasp they would have the Cyber Sunday match and the Survivor Series Hell in the Cell uh, both of which Batista retained unfortunately and then the triple threat at Armageddon where Edge uh, debuts the Edgeheads Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins 
So and then it all and then it just keeps going. Um, you have uh, the SmackDown Elimination Chamber at No Way Out, where Undertaker wins and becomes the number one contender for WrestleMania. He defeats Edge at WrestleMania. You know he uh, wins it, uh, retains it at Backlash. Um, and then he is stripped of the title. He wins the match at Judgment Day via countout. And then it just, he has that uh, one night stand match with Edge where he's then banished and then brought back for the Hell in the Cell match at SummerSlam where Undertaker wins and then Edge is written off TV for a couple months there. So it's just all this stuff transpired from this exact moment. When Edge cashed in the money in the bank, became the most hated person in the WWE Universe, uh, the most hated heel, uh, was right here. This moment, this is what starts everything in motion when he cashes in the money in the bank on Undertaker. And um, another f uh, favorite moment in this match is that when Undertaker gets speared for the first time, Edge uh, pins him, but Undertaker kicks out. So, and then Edge seems worried because he thought it was just going to be a easy victory. Uh, I think it takes two or maybe three spears to put Undertaker down, um, which is remarkable. It just, it's just something that shows Undertaker, even though weakened, beaten, and attacked, you know, he still has the strength to try and carry on. And, uh, you know, it's just... It's just a favorite memory because I vividly remember it. And this just sets the wheels in motion for the whole entire year and a half feud with Edge. And uh, it's just another great SmackDown moment. And uh, it just shows that, you know, Undertaker, Batista, Edge, these are the guys that really helped build SmackDown for me. And um, it's just great to see, like, all of them involved in this moment at once. Uh, this figure history of The Undertaker, this like 2007 era, is, viv is uh, missed for Mattel. I wish Mattel would uh, focus on this like 2006 to 2008 era of Undertaker with the tights and the kick pads and the skull designs. Uh, they really haven't touched this. Not even in, uh, not really much in basic form either. I think only. Basic 100 and the WrestleMania Heritage Basic really only covers this era of Undertaker. But it doesn't really cover it correctly. They don't give him the kick pads. They don't give him the right head sculpt. So I really hope Mattel um, goes back and makes a better elite figure of this era. Uh, but I know Jax made a two-pack with Batista in the WrestleMania 23 series and a two-pack with Mark Henry in the WrestleMania 22 series. And those are really two good examples of this type of Undertaker's look. He has the uh, large skull logos on both sides of the tights. He has the singlet, the kick pads. And um, if I had to pick a favorite, I think I would pick the Mark Henry one because I remember the skull logos being really white. So it pops on the black. And I remember um, getting into my figure hunting memory. I remember finding this two-pack at Toys R Us. Because if you remember, these WrestleMania sets um, were Toys R Us exclusives. 
and I remember finding the uh, two-pack at Toys R Us with my dad uh, and just you know you always love finding something you uh, are looking for and if I remember correctly I think I found this at the Toys R Us that both my dad and I hated uh, the one in uh, Bloomingdale near the Stratford Square Mall uh, we always hated going at Toys R Us because they hardly ever stocked um, especially in the Mattel era they hardly ever stocked anything I talked about this Toys R Us with the Network Spotlight Undertaker like they never had anything new until that day they had the Undertaker 5 pack and they had like the, the uh, Network Spotlight Undertaker and it was like the first time we seen anything new in like months and the same with this time um, I remember finding the Mark Henry 2 pack there and uh, I think that came out around another time as another Undertaker figure and I found them both there one time at this Toys R Us and it's like oh wow it, it like gives us an excuse to go back and then when we go back the next time there's nothing there it's like why do we even come back to this one oh yeah that's right because we found something good the last time so it's just I, I, I always uh, pick the Mark Henry 2 pack I like I like the Mark Henry figure too in that pack it's black and white singlet it really pops uh, just like the Undertaker you know Undertaker unless he's in his purple gloves um, he it's not a figure that really pops off the shelf or pops in your collection because it's basically uh, all black but uh, if you add color to it if you add color to his logos especially bright colors like the white really is eye-catching and um, that's why I would go with this if you're looking for that era of Undertaker I would choose the WrestleMania 22 two-pack with Mark Henry and um, now we get into some Undertaker figure news there were some leaks on Instagram in the last couple days that showed uh, Legend Series 12 to 15 and um, Series 14 has a very interesting figure uh, Mean Mark Callis Undertaker in his WCW uh, days now that was an interesting thing to find out because it's never been something that's discussed as having been in the works or discussed as having merchandise. I know WWE Shop released that Mean Mark Callis uh, retro t-shirt and that was a shock to me because they never really talk about Undertaker's pre-WWE days and uh, to find out that there's a figure planned um, I was I'm really hoping that this leak is legitimate I hope the figure comes out I really hope the head scan looks like how we did in Mean Mark Callis and they don't just rehash an Undertaker scan and um, we'll see what goes from there if anything pops up I will definitely keep you guys up to date but that was fun to find out that Mean Mark Callis is uh, penciled in for Legend Series 14. Uh, I'm surprised that look didn't happen in the Jack's Classic Superstars days, to be honest. Because they were, you know, pushing out different looks of everybody. And I guess maybe that was like mid-2000s to like 2009. So I guess they didn't want to really talk about Undertaker's past before Undertaker. I guess that's the only reason why it was not really part of the classic superstars line 
But, I, you know, given the free roam that Jax had during that time, I thought, if anything, it would be a, a, maybe a ringside exclusive or a Toy Fair exclusive. But meanwhile, Callus never came to fruition. But uh, hopefully now it does. And um, I can't wait to see the prototype and the render, hopefully uh, by Comic-Con in uh, next month or so. Some other Undertaker figure news with that same leak that showed Meanmar Callus in Legend Series 14. It also showed the possibility of Ultimate Edition Series 11 Undertaker and Kane. Um, so they're almost doing like what they did in, Le in Ultimate Edition Series 9, where they had two legends, Stone Cold and Rock, I um, mean, you know, Stone Cold and Ric Flair, and also in Ultimate Edition Series 10, Rock and John Cena, where you have two legends in the set instead of a legend and a modern-day superstar. So it looks like they're carrying on with that in Ultimate Edition Series 11, Undertaker and Kane. Um, there's been talk that it's actually going to be Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, uh, but we'll see what happens. If it's Undertaker and Kane, I hope it's 1998. I hope it's finally WrestleMania 14 Kane and WrestleMania 14 Undertaker. 1997-1998 Undertaker is definitely missing from Mattel. And I would love nothing more than the hooded uh, robe that he wore at WrestleMania 14, that iconic visual of him walking through the Druids with the torches that uh, I, I don't even know, it's not really hooded, it's like a, um, it's almost like spiked uh, robe and I would love nothing more than that with like the, uh, uh, just like the 1998 uh, Superstar Series 7 Undertaker uh, come to life in Mattel Elite form. I hope it's WrestleMania 14 Undertaker. I love that look of his. I, I love the attire. I love the entrance gear. And to pair that with a 1998 debut Kane, um, that'd be perfect. That'd be just a perfect Ultimate Edition series set. Um, I would definitely get two or three Undertakers. Uh, I may even get one Kane. It depends. I don't know. If it's not 98 Undertaker and Kane, I hope it's 2001 Undertaker and Kane. Brothers of Destruction. Uh, long hair, badass Undertaker, also missing from Mattel. They had one basic and they had one elite. And the head scan could be much better in my opinion. They can update that in so many ways. I hope it's either 98 Undertaker with the WrestleMania 14 robe or like SummerSlam 2001. Undertaker, it's like when he has a WCW tag belts and he wins the WWF tag belts in the steel cage match with um, Canyon and DDP. So it'd be great to have like a baseball cap, a Dead Man Inc. shirt, um, leather pants look, the sunglasses, the two title belts. Perfect. That's an ultimate edition. So 01 or 98. So if anybody from Mattel is subscribe to this podcast and listening to me out there. Please let the rumors be true. Let Mean Callis be a part of Legend Series 14. And let Undertaker and Kane be a part of Ultimate Edition Series 11. And please let it be 1998 or 2001. You, have, you would have so many uh, 
uh, buyers for those looks and I really hope it's that um, but um, that is it for Undertaker figure news I hope it's the right news I hope the leaks are accurate uh, and I just can't wait for the renders and the prototypes when they come out. We cross our fingers for uh, San Diego Comic-Con next month. And um, I will definitely have a bonus episode covering any San Diego Comic-Con reveals if they happen before or after uh, a podcast episode drops. So I will be your information for Undertaker News uh, in that case. Uh, but that is it for Tales from the Grave. We now move on to Digging Up Dead Man, where we talk all about my weekly purchases. Welcome to Weekly Purchases. Of course, in Weekly Purchases, that's where I talk about everything that came through the mail from eBay or Macari or what I happened to find in my travels, figure hunting in any type of stores. Um, this week what entered my collection was the WWF Hasbro Sliders 3-pack. Uh, includes Undertaker, Ken Shamrock, and The Rock. Uh, it's like little miniature figures that have a metal ball on the bottom and you slide them across the table and you try to knock down uh, cardboard cutouts of points of like backstage areas or trash cans tables so it's like a little miniature game um, of course Undertaker was packaged with Ken Shamrock and The Rock two people he had uh, feuds with in the mid-1999 uh, so that was cool to pick up I uh, also picked up uh, Titantron Live Series 1 Sears or JC Penny. it was a catalog exclusive uh, not sure which one, but it uh, includes Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and The Rock individually uh, packaged in a uh, white box. So I, uh, I love stuff like that. I wanted to talk about catalog exclusive items. Uh, I love uh, items like that uh, where you just find stuff that uh, you didn't know existed. Because nowadays, it's so hard finding things that were offered in catalogs back in the 90s. Uh, there's not a lot of information, not a lot of photos. And there's things that, uh, like, I didn't even know this thing existed. I didn't know the, they packaged Titantron Life figures together in this. Um, on Instagram, uh, Canaanite 10 brought to my attention that there was a WWF No Mercy minifigure set with The Undertaker in it. Um, and of course, I didn't, and I didn't know that existed until he told me. Um, so I, I always like finding these catalog exclusives because sometimes you, don't, they, you never know what's out there. Uh, another good example is that there's a, a monster ring that was offered through JCPenney um, it comes with The Rock and a dumpster, Stone Cold Steve Austin and an announce table, and Undertaker and the coffin. All grapple gear accessories, uh, and they come in this monster ring or attitude ring, and it was just available through JCPenney or Sears' catalog. And uh, I saw that on Twitter, and without seeing that on Twitter one day, I would have never known that existed either. 
because there's not really checklists for these items. So to find that, uh, just spur the moment on eBay, I was glad to pick that up for a decent price. Uh, but still looking for catalog items. So if anybody out there has information on other Undertaker-related catalog items, um, send them my way. I would love to know what I should add to my checklist and uh, what I should keep an eye out for on eBay or Macari. Uh, but that is it for weekly purchases. Just two items this week, but two very important items. Uh, I remember having those sliders as a kid, so that was good to uh, uh, hit the nostalgia feel and the uh, catalog item as well. It just uh, perks my interest of what else is out there. Uh, now we move on to Taker's Mark. Taker's Mark. Now, Taker's Mark is the segment of the show where I talk about a favorite Undertaker match and my favorite Undertaker figure depicting that match. Now, this week, in keeping with the ladder themed and Money in the Bank and everything else, I wanted to talk about Undertaker versus Jeff Hardy from Raw. July 1st, 2002, the uh, famous ladder match for the Undisputed Championship. Um, a great match for The Undertaker, and it happens on Raw, of all places. It's a match that very well could have taken place on any pay-per-view during this time. Uh, JR's commentary of Make Yourself Famous Kid, Climb That Ladder. It's just JR proves once again how wonderful of an announcer he is especially during the time of this attitude era of ruthless aggression um, known for such remarkable calls making matches seem uh, bigger than they are and uh, it's wonderful here it's I love the Undertaker Jeff Hardy match Jeff Hardy calls it one of his favorite matches he's ever been in Undertaker says it's something special that they were able to accomplish and it's just Undertaker proving once again, whenever he's champion, he makes sure to work with younger talent, up-and-coming talent, and trying to elevate them to main event status. Uh, he did this in 1997 with Farouk, with Mankind, with an up-and-coming Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, he was able to do this in 99 with Rock. Uh, in 2002 with Randy Orton, John Cena, Jeff Hardy, and it just continues when he's World Heavyweight Champion. He works with CM Punk, Rey Mysterio, uh, Chris Jericho, all these people that are sometimes left out of championship pictures. He becomes champion, he works with them, he gives them main event matches. Um, so it's, it's really good to see this. Uh, it's something they always talk highly of Undertaker. You know, he's always given back to the business, always wants to work with younger guys and help them elevate their characters. And uh, this is a perfect example, a perfect match. Undertaker versus Jeff Hardy. I always like watching this match back. I, um, I can't recommend it enough to anybody out there that hasn't seen it for a while or hasn't seen it at all. Uh, check out the July 1st, 2002 episode of Raw, Undertaker vs. Jeff Hardy for the Undisputed Championship. And uh, even that show of respect to Jeff Hardy at the end by Undertaker, 
it really solidifies Jeff Hardy's singles uh, career. It puts him on the map of uh, becoming a main event player. And the perfect uh, action figure that depicts this match is, of course, the uh, most recent uh, Mattel Championship Showdown Series 1. It talks all about the match on the back. Uh, it has the figures in the ring attires that they wore during the match. And it has Undertaker raising Jeff Hardy's hand in the package. This two-pack perfectly represents the match. Uh, but if you want an elite Undertaker that um, depicts this match, uh, Elite 18. It has the Red Devil uh, shirt uh, as an accessory. Uh, it depicts his heel uh, run. So uh, Elite 18 Undertaker that depicts this match and the Championship Showdown 2-pack that was just released earlier this year. Uh, both of them depict this Undertaker from this time period. And um, now we go on to my favorite segment of the entire episode, Buried Alive. Now in Buried Alive, that's where we talk about a weird, an odd, or just a what the hell were they thinking Undertaker piece of merchandise. And this week I'm going to be talking about the Undertaker Chaos Comics series. Uh, a lot of you may know or may not know, uh, WWE got into the comics game in the late 90s. They released comic issues of Stone Cold Steve Austin. China, Mankind, and of course, The Undertaker. Now, The Undertaker was depicted as how he was on television. He had his black gloves, dressed in all black, uh, usually with his eyes rolled in the back of his head. Uh, so that is not why it is What the F Buried Alive for this week. Um, the reason why it would be buried alive for this week is just the premise of the comics itself. Um, it is very loosely based on the character The Undertaker. As I can uh, tell you right here, uh, on this comics uh, website I found, he is known for fighting monsters that were sent by his nemesis The Embalmer, the main antagonist of The Undertaker Chaos Comics series. Uh, after killing The Embalmer, the Undertaker manages to get his powers back. In the Halloween special, he fights another evil druid who is also an antagonist. Uh, Undertaker's green eyes are usually rolled up on the back of his head when he is possessed or hypnotized. He smells blood from monsters or enemies and can sometimes smirk his face when he is tied or choked by a hungry monster. So yeah, it is very loosely based on the Undertaker character. It is almost like, um, how I would describe it as, it's almost like uh, the character he portrayed in Poltergeist the Legacy TV series. If anybody out there has seen that episode, uh, he's almost like a soul chaser. And that's how I would describe this Undertaker here in this comic series. He's fighting monsters, he's uh, out for blood. It's a very dark, it's a very Halloween-esque comic. Um, 
it's nothing like describing the backstory of the Undertaker, um, and what we know in wrestling. Um, I know Paul Bearer and Kane are in the comic. I know I think there's a woman character that turns out to be like his sister, if I remember correctly. Uh, so yeah, they really take the background of the character Undertaker, and really like pick it apart to make make really loosely based details. So that's why I'm putting it in Buried Alive for this week. Um, it's not so much how he is drawn, it's just so much of how bad they did not really keep up with the character's backstory from the WWE. Uh, I think it could have been done so much better. I think it could have been uh, uh, having such a better uh, storyline, story arc. Um, but also I want to bring this up is because I remember getting these in 1999 from a place called Dreamland Comics. And funny enough, like about 15 years later, I ended up working for Dreamland Comics. Um, the owner since has retired, uh, but I still keep in contact with her. Um, she's a wonderful uh, um person she was a wonderful boss and such a uh, a great uh, comic book shop owner um, I remember my dad was talking about uh, this memory with her like a few years ago and she remembered uh, carrying the KS comics of Undertaker in the wrestling uh, she remembered us I think she remembered us buying them uh, so it was just something that uh, it's such a good memory that my dad, myself, and her all par uh, partaked in. Um, and it's just something fun to remember, you know. It's definitely small world. Who would have thought that uh, six or seven-year-old me walking into Dreamland Comics to pick up Chaos Comics Undertaker series would wind up working for the, the uh, comic book shop like uh, 15 years later? Uh, it just shows you what a small world it is and how uh, wrestling brings everybody a little closer together. But that is Buried Alive for this week. And that wraps up episode 15 of Collecting Dead Man. I hope uh, you have enjoyed this episode. I hope you will join me here again next week. And please follow me on Instagram at Collecting Dead Man and uh, Collect Up Dead on Twitter. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. And just continue to support this podcast and uh, continue to like, subscribe, leave us reviews, leave us comments, follow me on social media, and uh, keep listening. Thank you for uh, always being here, my fellow creatures of the night. And as we take on that long journey through Death Valley, we just keep on rolling, baby. I'll see you here again next week. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Collecting Dead Men. Please continue to subscribe and leave us a five-star review where you can. Follow me on Twitter at Collect Up Dead and on Instagram at Collecting Dead Man. Check out my Linktree page so you can find the links to all my merchandise stores, where you can find wherever this podcast is available, and where you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Hit the like button and subscribe there as well. Please continue to support this podcast in any way you can. And until next week, creatures of the night, keep on rolling.